0: New Year. Year. It has been said that there are two types of people in the world. Those who wake up and say, good morning, Lord. And then there are those who wake up and say, good Lord, it's morning. (laughs) And I've never done that on a Sunday. But our text this morning, Isaiah 60, is about a kind of waking up which makes it perfect for New Year's Day. But really, this is a text that you and I need every single day of our lives. Why? Because this text is God's battle cry to his people through the prophet of Isaiah since around 580 BC. And I believe it is still his battle cry To you and I today. So we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 through 3. So if you have your Bible or your phone, open it up to that place with me. And while you're getting there, let's go to our Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here with us, that in your word, you are speaking to us. You're searching our hearts, You're working in our lives. And so, Lord, as we dig into your word, would you make it come to life? Would you illuminate your word to us so that we may apply it to our lives and learn to live a life for you? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 60, starting in verse 1. Arise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Isaiah begins with the word, arise, get up, wake up, look alive. It's what my dad would say to me at my softball games when I was in the outfield, just standing there, not paying attention. Wake up, look alive. Now throughout scripture, this is usually a battle cry that Israel would cry out to the Lord in the midst of war, saying, arise, O Lord, defeat my enemies, protect us. But this time it's reversed rather now it's God's battle cry to his people his command to Israel but here's the thing here's the thing about Israel is that they are now a people who are stripped to nothing in fact this is a time when Israel has been captured and taken captive to the nation of Babylon This is where they were shamed for their identity and their belief in God. They were ridiculed and mocked day in and day out. They were stripped to nothing, rid of all of their belongings. Imagine being in a place like that. And yet now they have been sent back to their home, to Jerusalem. And you think, freedom! But rather... Freedom meant coming to nothing. Imagine being taken captive out of your own home and being taken to a foreign land where you have no one, nothing, none of your belongings, none of your culture, but then you're sent back home decades later only to find that your home has been burned down. But not only that, your neighbors' homes, the whole city, everything is stripped to nothing. There's no government, no police stations, no fire stations, no schools, no grocery stores, no restaurants, no churches to even worship at. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. You would think Israel would look at Isaiah and go, are you serious? Arise, shine, do you not see the devastation that we are in? They probably more so understood verse 2. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. You know, darkness was the life of Israel during this time. Darkness was another word used during that time to talk about being fragile, exposed, and barren. But not only that, they knew what thick darkness felt like. In fact, the Hebrew word for thick darkness can literally be translated as an impenetrable mass, as if there's a darkness out there swirling around them. A darkness that even covers the sight of God a darkness that brings in fear and makes one lose all hope Israel was at her end arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you now here's a little note about prophecy As we see in verse 2, prophecy does not negate or overlook the present circumstances. It doesn't say that life is not hard. But rather, prophecy is spoken in the midst of circumstances and saying, look beyond. See the bigger picture. Prophecy adds new layers and dimension and color to what is going on in our midst. And an Old Testament scholar, Walter Brueggemann, he says this, that in this prophecy, God is getting a redescription of Israel's experience in which the character and purposes of God are being revealed. And so God is telling those in darkness, those in thick darkness, Those who know the darkness of the night. Those who know pain and trials and suffering. Those who are broken and at the end of themselves. He's saying, arise. Why? For your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you, whether you see it or not. The verb tense is is perfect, meaning he has come. He has risen. It's already begun. It is as good as done. This kind of verb tense means that this has happened. It is happening, and it will always continue to happen. The light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So arise and shine, no matter what you're up against. Do you believe this, that the light has come and that the glory of the Lord has risen upon you? This is a call to the weary, to the broken, to those who know darkness. This is a call not to build up strength, not to get it together. This is not a new year, new me kind of mentality. No, this is a call to a renewed hope, a call to a renewed faith, to believe before seeing, to believe in the unseen, to believe despite the circumstances. God is saying, arise, get into the light, see the bigger picture. Now, I have a black lab who's over 80 pounds named Brody, joy of my life. And every morning, we go for a walk before this sign comes up. And we get home, and we get settled as I'm getting ready for the, for the day. But without fail, every day, as soon as the sun is out, Brody is sitting at the back door saying, Mom, I want to be let out. And I let him out. And what does he do? First thing, he goes and finds the light in the backyard. Daily, look at me, he is enjoying it. This is like the highlight of his day. Not squirrels, not trees, not food. Laying out in the sun. A dog after my own heart. But this is something he does ongoing. This is something we are called to do daily, ongoing. Get into the light. Find the light of the Lord. So the question is, how do we do that? Well as Sterling reminded us earlier, we know the one who is the light. Jesus Christ, who came into the world, and He said, "I am the light of the world. Those who believe in me shall not remain in darkness." And that's the light we are called to go to daily, continually. In Brandon Manning's book called "Abba's Child." He talks about the present risenness of Christ. Do we live every day and live our lives as if we truly believe that Christ is risen? If he is risen, then he is alive. He is active. He is present with us everywhere, every day, all day, no matter what we're doing, no matter who we're with, no matter what time it is. He is alive and present. So that means that we can go into his word, believing it is truly living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. Why? Because Christ is risen. He is present, speaking to us. If you are ever wondering, where do I start or how do I read the Bible or what plan works for me? I myself or any of the pastors or staff, we would love to walk with you and guide you in getting into his word. But living in his present risenness also means that we have an ongoing prayer life with him, that we believe that we can pray and ask the Lord and know that he's listening. Know that when we pray, he is always doing something. The hand of God truly moves when we pray. Why? Because Christ is risen. But it's also coming to worship. If we believe in the present risenness of Christ, we truly believe that our God is alive and after us. He's truly at work in our hearts as we worship and in the hearts of those around us. He is the hound of heaven, sniffing us out, seeking us down. When we come to his table, he is there doing things in mysterious ways that we cannot even fathom because he is risen. But also living in the present risenness of Christ, living in his life also means that when we face trials, when we're facing hardships, broken relationships, trials at work, you name it, we believe in the present risenness of Christ, being there, working, fighting on our behalf. Arise means to live in the light of Christ, to live believing and hoping in the present risenness of Christ. In her book, Prayer in the Night, Tish Warren says this, just as our pupils dilate to let in more light, to see more than we first thought we could, prayer, and I would add worship, reading God's word, spiritual disciplines, living in Christ's present risenness. It adjusts our eyes to see God in the darkness. If you're here and you're struggling to see the light in the midst of darkness, or maybe even a thick darkness, I would encourage you to read this book. It is changing my life right now and reminding me, yes, Christ is risen. He is present. He is active. So Arise. Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The first command was arise. The second is shine. It's not just for ourselves, but for others. Shine. Now, I'm about to say something every pastor would cringe at. I have no application for shine. Get in the light, and you're going to shine. I mean, let's talk about light. It cannot be contained. It glows. It goes out. Light is captivating. It's mesmerizing. It stands out. Look at verse 3. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Get in the light. You will shine. The fruit of the Spirit will start to develop in you. You'll start to be different in your relationships, the way you parent, the way you love your neighbor, the way that you work with your coworkers. Just get in the light and things happen. You'll shine. Because the very light of Christ will be formed in you. Christ who said, I am the light of the world, will be forming in you this is the one who overcame the greatest darkness one could ever imagine the greatest darkness that we see at the cross think about it look closely everything you and i could ever fear every darkness that you and i could ever face was there at the cross and overcome by jesus think about the torture of crucifixion suffering pain. It's a place of weakness and shame and mockery and doubt where a mother is watching her son waste away. Even death itself takes place there. And yet it's there in the darkest of the night where we see the magnitude of God's love. As it gets darker, God's love gets brighter When darkness sought to overcome, light explodes, love shines, life is resurrected, arise, shine was the battle cry, and Jesus did just that, and now is the battle cry to you and I today and every single day. So church, as we live our lives even in the midst of darkness, What will you do? Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of your Lord has risen upon you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are God who is near and not far off. You are God of light who does overcome the darkness. And so Lord, would you help us to hope in you to look for the light, to abide in you so that over time we might shine more and more, being the city upon the hill, the salt to the world, a light to the earth, Lord. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has arisen upon us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.